0: Good afternoon, good evening, wherever we are in the world. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Human Business Narrative Podcast with yours truly, Ivan Temelkov. This is a podcast where we discuss human business, human centricity, entrepreneurship, digital marketing, social media, and guests share their compelling stories to success. The one major key takeaway that you should be extracting from each episode is the humanized element of entrepreneurship business and marketing. If not, email me at Ivan at RazorSharpDigital.com and I'll be more than happy to chat with you on how to do that. Before I forget, feel free to head on over to HTTP colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly forward slash human business to download your free copy on Five Essentials of Strategic Human Marketing. And again, that link is bit.ly forward slash human business and I'll throw it in to the description of this podcast friends from far and near I'm excited to be back with episode two of HBN and on this episode I have none other than Carlos Gill. now this is someone that I consider as an influencer someone that has built a name for himself in the social media space over the last decade I was very excited to sit down with Carlos and talk about social media marketing and also to highlight some of the things about the humanized approach of social media marketing, how I think a lot of people, a lot of brands are really missing on that. It's a powerhouse of an episode. Carlos shared a lot of good information. I'm excited to share with you guys in episode two of the Human Business Narrative podcast with myself, Ivan Temokov. And without further ado, I don't have anything else to add at the moment, uh, with the exception of the free download. Again, to mention that bit.ly forward slash human business. You can find out five essentials of strategic human marketing and how you can uh, humanize your own brand to help you get more conversions, more sales, and uh, more prospects. Okay, guys, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to Carlos Gill and let him share his magic. And I will see you on the flip side. All right, everyone, this is Ivan Tamilkov here on the Human Business Narrative Podcast. And today I'm ecstatic to have Carlos Gill with me. Carlos, what's going on?
1: What's happening, Ivan? So good to be here with you on the podcast
0: very cool very cool thank you for taking the time to uh share some thoughts uh on the podcast uh for those of you that you know the listeners that don't know you can you go ahead and introduce yourself uh tell us where you're from what do you do what's your story what's your mantra
1: absolutely uh so a little bit about my background is i'm actually from uh fort lauderdale florida I grew up in South Florida. I now live in the Bay Area here in California, outside of San Francisco. And I spent the first six years of my career working in the banking industry. I always aspired to be a banker. Um, Mm -hmm. When I started my career back in 2002, social media wasn't a thing yet. And uh, marketing really wasn't anything that was on my radar. Uh, Granted, I grew up with uh, America Online and eventually big on the the MySpace training, but having a personal brand, working in marketing, working in social media really wasn't something that that appealed to me. Um, So I worked in banking all the way up until 2008, when the economy took a a downturn and we entered into the the recession. And I worked for AIG at the time, which was one of the companies that was really at the forefront of the housing crisis and the financial collapse. And Mm -hmm. I was laid off in November of 2008, the time my wife was eight months pregnant with our daughter and I joined LinkedIn the same day that I lost my job and by joining LinkedIn I discovered that there was an entire world out there um, with other professionals just like me that were also looking for jobs and I recognized very early on it was almost like instinct yeah if I was going, if I was gonna find a job anytime soon if I was going to be able to dust myself off and keep moving forward I'd have to rise above the noise of everyone rushing to social media in 2008 and saying I just lost my job. So uh, I did something different, mm-hmm. which was very unconventional. And I started up a business. Oh, okay. I, fig- I figured if there was gonna be a way for me to stand out throughout this recession, it was gonna be by starting up a business. And I was so passionate about helping others find jobs because of what happened with me and my situation, that within three days of being laid off from a major financial institution, mm-hmm. uh, again, being AIG, I decided to start up my own staffing firm, uh, which was Jobs Direct USA, and an online job board. And I didn't know anything about coding. Uh, I didn't uh, really have much capital to invest in a startup. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much took my eight weeks of severance pay that I had at the time and invested that into a into a website. I learned how to code, learned mm-hmm. how to program. And um, honestly, I learned how to do marketing on the fly. And we're talking about 2008 when Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, at that point, were still at the ground level. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I I was able to successfully grow a business um, over a period of four years. And the process helped thousands of people find jobs across the United States through learning social media and learning how it works, learning how to use social media to pitch to traditional news media. Uh, My business was covered by CNN, Money amongst you know dozens of other news outlets, and uh, I was most importantly able to use social media to do what many social selling practitioners talk about today, which is use social media to identify prospects, use social media to sell. Mm-hmm. And I became very good at doing that. And after running my business for four years, I was offered an opportunity to go work in corporate America. Mm-hmm. and i was hired by winn dixie which is one of the largest supermarket chains in the united states i was offered an opportunity to go be their first ever social media manager and help them start social media from the ground up very cool and this is this is at the beginning of 2012 and i saw this as a as just a really good opportunity to um transition to something new uh, i i you know face many of the hurdles and challenges that a lot of entrepreneurs face uh you know i'm sure you can relate to this yeah you have a steady income coming in you have a family to support so for me the prospect of being able to have a steady job to get back on my feet was one that was very appealing to me. And mm-hmm. here I am five years later, I've worked for, uh, for a couple different brands, Save-A-Lot, which I'm sure you're familiar with there, being in St. Louis, yeah. yeah. I, used to be digital. I spent some time working at LinkedIn. I'm currently the head of social media globally for BMC Software.
0: Oh, very cool, very cool. Man, that's, uh, that's quite the journey there. <laughs> I don't know if you mentioned, and it's an absolutely something I can relate to is this well, we all have some priorities and obligations. And, you know, I think the most challenging part is this when you mentioned 2017, 2008, you know, the market crash, you know, a lot of people were scrambling, and this was a prime opportunity for you to turn a new page. And, you know, the one question I really wanted to ask you because, you know, there's a lot of social folks out there and what I really try to pinpoint is, you know, someone like you. I mean, what really got you, you know, uh, shifted towards social
1: media marketing? So good question. Um, I was doing social media marketing <laughs> in my business, right. so I became really well. Uh, not not to sound, you know, cocky or conceited, but with my own company in the years 2009, 10, and 11, I became really well at, at understanding how to use social media. Uh, on a well-rounded level. So like I said this sure. before, we were my company was organizing uh, job fairs and events called Pink Slip Parties all over the United States. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a, da- a database to tap into. I didn't have a, a huge email list besides those folks that were registering on my website. So what I learned how to do was use social media to get in front of media, and to get in front of companies that are hiring, and how to use social media to do everything that companies today are doing, which is creating brand awareness at scale. Mm-hmm. And that's one component to it. The other component, which is, I think the most important, is how do you feed your family when you're starting off a business? Right. And that's using social media to build relationships. And I understood this very early on. I understood the concept of no one is going to connect with you blindly on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook, and want to sign a contract with you today or tomorrow. It just doesn't work like that. It's just not reality. Right. It takes time to build relationships. And I tell you, one of my biggest deals that I was able to sign was a sponsorship with Virgin Mobile mm-hmm. uh, for a multi-city pink slip party tour. And I first engaged with the person that worked at Sprint back then um, at the beginning of 2009, and we didn't sign a contract until mid 2010. Oh wow! So, so starting up my own company and using social media, I then dis- I then realized this is a passion. yeah, yeah my, passion, my passion was in teaching others how to use social media to help themselves rebrand so they could find employment, to use social media so they can grow their businesses. Mm-hmm. So as I just started tapping into this passion and I started putting this into practice more and more, then companies started approaching my company and me specifically and they would ask me, how can you help us market our jobs? How can you teach us about social media? So very quickly I started teaching companies about social recruiting, sure. which back then still is, is how to use social media to find talent. And in mm-hmm. working with a few different companies – I mentioned Winn-Dixie before. They ultimately wound up hiring me. I worked with Winn-Dixie on a contractor level for almost two years, helping them promote job fairs mm-hmm. across across the Winn-Dixie footprint. And then they would attend my job fairs as well. So as we started to build this relationship – again, that that's the key word is relationship. As we started to build and evolve in this relationship, they had a need to hire someone at a corporate level to run social media for them. And imagine 2011, at the end of 2011, it's very different than 2017. At this point in time, social media is still so new that you don't have a variety of candidates out there in right, the job right. market that have a skill set of corporate social media manager. That, that just, not that it didn't exist, but you just didn't have a large variety. So what they were looking for specifically was someone that understood strategy, mm-hmm. how to develop strategy, specifically how to monetize and how to get them to market on all these channels. And my pitch, if you will, throughout the interview process with them was, look, you can hire anyone that understands marketing. You can hire anyone that's read a couple blogs understands social media knows how to speak about it really well. Mm-hmm. But can you go out and hire someone that knows how to monetize and develop strategy? And if that's what you're looking for, then you're sitting right in front of someone that's actually shown that he can do this and put food on the table for his family as a result of using social media. Absolutely. I think that's a very valuable, you know, value proposition because, and you still face this today, Uh, you have folks out there that they understand how it works, but do they know how to actually execute at scale on on a business level? And and that's something that's completely different than managing your own personal brand and doing it for a company. And, you know, I I think it's funny, a lot of people don't know my background specifically, Ivan, Mm -hmm. and it's very easy when you look at the Carlos Gill personal brand you think, oh, here's a guy that's like many others out there, has a personal brand, has a lot of right. followers, creates a lot of content, what's he really do? And I take pride in being able to have these conversations because when it comes down to it, I could very easily walk in a boardroom right now and I know how to actually develop strategy and execute at scale, which is what CMOs ultimately are looking for social media practitioners to do.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, uh, you mentioned <laughs> I was trying not to lose my train of thought because you were just spitting such good content. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, that got on the podcast. But, you know, there's there's three things that you mentioned that I think are key when, when talking about social media. Also, you know, you mentioned execution, right? Execution is the game, as Gary Vee would say. So I think that was that was a key, key element that you mentioned there. The other thing you mentioned is passion and also, <clears throat> understanding value and lead-in time. So the passion aspect, when you mention this, you know my question was: is What got you into social media? And. You know you found your passion that is your passion and you know on this podcast one of the things that that i also talk about you know with guests is entrepreneurship also so um finding that passion is extremely important because if you can find that passion there won't be a day in your life that goes by where you will feel like you're working so that's amazing that you were able to find that passion and social made such an, an intricate change in your life and then the lead-in time you know this is so funny Honestly, in a way, I mean, it's funny. It's also ironic because you were talking about, okay, so I'm on social media, right? I've set up my handles and okay, when is my contract going to come in? And what most people don't realize is that like you were given in the example of virtual mobile, you know, there's, there's a longer lead in time, right? Before you actually get that contract signed. So I think that was important that you pointed, pointed that out because I think a lot of people even today in 2017, where you know, uh, social media has such mass adoption and people are still misconstrued and think that, okay, I just press on the play button on social media and the leads are going to start flowing. So you mentioned a couple of interesting points here, you know, in lieu to my question, I think it's important to reflect on those because specifically with social media, like you talked about execution and strategy, implementation, you know, these are are key, key components that differentiate someone like you who knows how to do that versus, you know, someone that's been in the social space for uh, a shorter period of time. So, and I think you actually answered my next question that I was going to ask you is, you know, the uniqueness, what makes you unique? So maybe you want to take a couple of moments and just answer that, but you may have already answered. So what do you think, you know, when you look at social media today, the way you're doing social media, Oh, it has helped you evolve your personal brand and also excel in your career. What, what would you say? Is there one thing that you can pinpoint and say, this is what makes me unique in a sea of social media saturation?
1: Mm. First of all, I love the fact that you just used that sea analogy because what I was going to follow up with just to <laughs> echo, echo your comment before Ivan is What I've discovered being working in social media almost 10 years now is that there's not a lot of difference between when I started in 2008 and where we're at in 2017 today. And I say this because there's still a misconception around what social media is. Uh, There is still hesitancy at a executive level to go all in and invest The majority of corporate marketing budgets on social media still exists today. You still have brands that are investing more money Mm -hmm. in print and in TV and in radio advertising than they are in social. And it's astonishing because social media, especially Facebook specifically, gives you – so much targeting capability that these sure. other mediums don't so you can actually measure your money uh and and also i feel that your your money that you invest can go much further in these mediums but again i'm you know completely biased to it so you know there's still a, misconce- a misconception um ceos cmo's haven't completely bought in the key difference between 2008 when i started and 2017 is the sea of noise is a very, very noisy ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And I often say those that rise to the top of the noise are the ones that consistently show up and they create value for the communities that are paying attention. Case in point. right now we're doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm broadcasting to Instagram live, and I'm broadcasting here on Facebook. There's not hundreds or thousands of people watching, but that's okay because those that are watching are getting immense value from this dialogue between you and I. Right. So the, the, the point here is not to go ahead and necessarily aspire to have the largest following or largest audience, but have the most engaged audience. And going back to your question around uniqueness, mm-hmm. I think what makes myself unique, compared to other practitioners, is just how long I've been studying the game for. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> studying the game, but also executing. And those are two components that really go hand in hand. You can't just execute without studying. Um, if you do, you're like, you're basically gonna be shooting arrows in the dark. If you think, you know what, I read a Jay Bear blog or a Mark Schaefer book and mm-hmm. I follow Kim Garst and I'm ready to go and be a social media pro, I'm sorry. It, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. You might have yeah. success having a blog and being able to write content and you might get some followers But at the end of the day, what executives that actually cut checks are looking for is do you have the chops to execute? And it Mm -hmm. takes time, man. Like uh, people ask me all the time, how do you get started in social media? And I tell them, volunteer your time. Volunteer your time. I can't tell you how much free work I've done, how much pro bono work I've had to do, and I'm still doing, even. It it never ends. You constantly have to keep giving your time in order to go ahead and be able to reap the benefits of what you are are trying to accomplish. So um, I, I think, again, studying, being a student of the game, spending time really understanding what brands are doing, taking time really Seeing the methodology and putting it into practice—that's mm-hmm. one component—and then and then going off and executing, learning from your results, whether you succeed or whether you fail, you learn from your results and then you go back to the table. But you, you, there's a fine balance there, and you know, again, you know, I've met several colleagues and peers and practitioners mm-hmm. along the way, and you know, the ones I I personally have seen thrive have that same mantra, man, where you you constantly got to learn, and no no one's. There's a there's this misconception in this in this industry, right? Yeah, yeah. No one that's really figured it out. Yeah, and you, I say that very humbly because you can have success along the way. We all have had success along the way, but no mm-hmm. one has truly figured this out. Where I feel they are a such a pro of pros because if they figured it out, they'd be getting all the business out there and right. everyone know who they are and that would be going to them. And I know there's probably someone right there, you know, thinking, you know, well, you got folks out there like Gary Vaynerchuk that are, they've got to figure it out. No, they really don't right. because if they did, right. every single person would be flocking and swooping to go work with them. Right. So there are a couple things here that I've said, you know, strategy, studying the game, executing, but also building a community. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that I think our space has done very, very well is you can use these tools and you can go ahead and you can build a community for yourself. Then the key becomes how do you actually activate that community and staying on, staying on Gary B. I think Gary's done a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. If anyone wants to go ahead and know the playbook of how to create a personal brand, study Gary Vaynerchuk. I've been watching Gary now since 2009 mm-hmm. when he came out with Crush It. And I often say Gary – has created a roadmap for you, for I, for anyone listening or watching right now. He's created a roadmap that teaches you how to build a community. But the key, friends, is not just to build a community, it's to know how to actually go ahead and activate that community. You can get what you want out of it. And what you want can be as simple as clicking a like button, it can be sharing a piece of content, or it can be going one step further and it could be actually asking for referrals. I'll share a very, very quick story Mm -hmm. with Ivan and with the listeners. I think think you can probably appreciate this. When I was hustling, growing my company, Jobs Direct USA, and mm-hmm. a lot of people see me hustling now, and they see all the stuff I put out on social media. That's not really hustling. Hustling is when you're not getting paid a dime, and you don't know where your next paycheck is going to come from to feed your family. Yep. What I what I do nowadays, honestly, is very easy because I get paid a salary, and I go off and create content, mm-hmm. and it's good. Hustling, true hustling, was when I was not making a dime to my name, and I would go into various cities, and I would host these events called pink slip parties completely for free, self-funded. Mm-hmm. I, I had to liquidate all my stocks just to go ahead and self-fund my events. Wow. When people would come to my events and they would find a job, and then they would start in their new job and and they would think back to when they were the most vulnerable, who was there to help them. Yeah, yeah. And they thought this guy, Carlos Gill from Jacksonville, Florida, who runs his company, Jobs Direct USA. So where I'm going with all this is, I spent years building a community for my company to help people with no expectation of anything in return. And it was those people within the community that then became my sales force across the country. Mm -hmm. And after hustling hard, man, for about two years, the last two years I was in business, I never had to go on another sales call. Because I was getting referral after referral, literally, my phone, my email. It It was just off the chain because I offered so much value up front to the community. So again, community is a very powerful thing. I know that the word community has almost become like a buzzword in our industry of social media. Right. But it's extremely powerful and at the end of the day what you want to aspire to get from your community, you dictate that as being the practitioner that's giving them value and you know driving driving the uh, you know, the fish to water so to speak.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> again I was I was trying to really collect my train of thought because you mentioned a, a, a lot of good things a lot of good points that i think are important to notate uh, on this podcast you know uh you mentioned experience uh, which i think is key seasonality is key in the social media space because as you pointed out in a sea of saturation you know there's a, a whole ton of social media practitioners out there but you know less than half of those are, are capable of putting together a strategy uh, implementing and executing <clears throat> and you talked about Gary Vaynerchuk you know I'm also a Vaniac myself and uh, I've seen him over the years you know grow his company build Vaynermedia and you talked about the power of community and engagement and sentiment and that's absolutely important and I think what's what's really distinct here that's important to emphasize that you talked about um, is the fact that you have that experience and capability to know, how to forge a community, right? And how to leverage that community, how to engage that community, how to be proactive with that community. And I think that's a key difference in social media because, you know, as me and you know, is social media is heavily saturated nowadays. Now, uh, mm-hmm. although things really haven't changed, like you mentioned from 2008 to, you know, fast forward to 2017. Another thing that you mentioned that I think is important to note too is and I think you actually mentioned this in one of your videos, is this that when you talked about liquidating stock and, you know, doing these self funded events from city to city, you know, when when you were running your company jobs direct, is that there was a period of, you know, one to two years where you you made no money. I mean, mm-hmm. you you sacrificed that for experience, basically, which, you know, goes to the point of when you have to put food on the table and support your family. I think at the time you mentioned that your wife was also pregnant. So it's kind of like, all right, how do I go up a hill without a paddle? Right. Where's my strategy? What am I going to do? So it's important to notate that from a social perspective. And you found a way to forge relationships using social media. And truth of the matter is, I think, because uh, it was sort of inevitable. You really didn't have an option, right? I mean, you were you were looking to shift focus. Your passion was social. Uh, you wanted to focus on community development. You really didn't know where that was going to come about, but you were optimistic about it, right? It,
1: it, there's only one way to go. Uh, actually, there's two ways to go. I'm sorry. My dad has always said this, so. Uh, she- Shout out to Carlos Gill, Sr. here. My dad's always <laughs> said there's two ways to go in life, and that's north and the south. Well, mm-hmm. for me, there's only one way to go, and that's north, which is go up. Right, and when, right. you're faced, when you're faced in the unfortunate predicament that I was in, and I hate to use the recession as an excuse, but to me, it, it has just such a, a, a life-altering and life-changing mm-hmm. – uh, it was such a life-changing period in my life uh, not knowing – what the future was going to hold. And I tell you, uh, a movie that changed my life was The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Oh, okay. There's a a scene in that movie I will never forget in which he and his son are, they had to sleep in the bathroom of a subway station. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment where I like had personally hit rock bottom. And, you know, I I was being uh, kicked out of my home. My condo in Jackson was being foreclosed on. Uh Uh, Our cars were being repossessed. And right. I had hit rock bottom, dude. And for me, that was like the moment in time that I'll never forget. Like, wow, I need to kick up. I need to kick up this gear to a whole nother level. Right. And, right. you know, when you're when you're optimistic, man, everything, your whole mindset shifts because you go from doubting yourself to you know that you're on the right path. You know, if you keep doing these activities consistently, that. Whatever you're working towards, it's going to pay off. Mm -hmm. The only unknown variables, you don't know when. But I tell you, man, and, and, and this is like some pretty next level powerful stuff, dude. Yeah. There was yeah. times where I want. There was times where I wanted to quit. There was times where it was like three, four in the morning, and I'd be sitting in my condo in a room just like where I'm working out of right now. Mm-hmm. I'd be sitting in front of the computer, man, like depressed, down, out. I'd probably go on YouTube. I watch a, a Gary Vaynerchuk video. Yeah. I would like momentarily lift me up, and then like the next morning, I'd wake up and there'd be an email in my inbox from a yeah. com- company wanting to pay me like three hundred bucks to you know help them with, you know, a couple hours of some help with, you know, posting some LinkedIn or some Twitter, some Facebook job posts. So it was like things like that along the way that were signs of like, okay, I'm doing something right here. Someone is paying me to go ahead and help them. Um, How do you go ahead and stay optimistic when, you know, seemingly your whole life around you is falling apart and you're hitting, you know, your financial rock bottom? Well, it's, it's having faith in yourself. Right. Uh, it's having, you know, faith on a, on a more spiritual level. And it's also surrounding yourself with the right people. This is Absolutely. something I talk about a lot in my social media posts today is surrounding yourself with the right people, man. During those times I had to cut a lot of people out. I had to cut out a lot of distractions. You, you hit the nail on like... the
0: head with that one right there. I mean, this is exactly, this is probably the primary purpose behind this podcast too is really to focus on the humanized element. And, you know, you mentioned a few things is, you know, what, what doesn't, break us makes us stronger and optimism is a mindset that, you know, if you position yourself in, in the state of mind that today is going to be a complete flop, right. And you have a negative outlook on, on your endeavors and what's Mm -hmm. ahead, then chances are the outcome is going to be negative. Right. But Mm -hmm. if you're very forward thinking and optimistic and really think outside of the box, like some people say, and I think that's by the way, a little bit of a cliche saying, but, Thinking outside of the box actually differentiates you from others. And what you were talking about is, man, I, I mean, that is exactly some of the things that I look for in guests to share on this podcast because I, I don't think that, you know, truly successful people, and, and I know that you have a huge following. I know that you're considered also an influencer uh, as well. You know, you've worked for this very, very hard over the last decade or so. But I think it's important to notate that, look, everyone has been there in the trenches, you know, mm-hmm. you were talking about kind of going through a hard time in your life. And it's, it's important to recognize that because that's a reflection on here's where I was mm-hmm. and here's where I'm at today and the change that I have made along the way and the level of optimism that I've exercised. So when talking about social media, you know, I think it's important to recognize that mainly for the fact that community matters strategy matters the way you do things matters experience matters um seasonality matters and for you in your cases you know as gary would say is you truly don't know unless you're really hungry and thirsty right so in that case is you had lost things and you were hungry you know you were striving for a change so i think it's important to to mention that as well because uh, it goes to show that you know you've put in your time And that's important. I think, you know, a lot of social media people that are getting in the game or they've only been for, you know, in the social media space for the last three to five years, they don't truly understand what it takes to be successful in social or really what the true meaning behind social media is keyword social, right?
1: You know, one thing I want to add, I want to add to what you said, what matters is your story. And you had asked me before what makes Carlos Gil unique amongst Mm -hmm. a sea of you know, thousands of colleagues and peers. And what makes us all unique is our story that we have. Uh, I have my story that I've shared with you here uh, Mm -hmm. on this podcast, and that story is unique. It's unique to me. Uh, Everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own uniqueness. Everyone has a story to tell and i think once you start engaging people with what your story is you'll Mm -hmm. find that things will start things will start working out for you uh because people relate to other people people relate to stories they relate to experiences and i think oftentimes on social media many folks i see that are coming into this game they want to come in with right out of the gate they want to come in hot swing in with their business speak they want to come off as you know a thought leader a pro in a certain platform. And at the end of the day, man, like we can all be pros and we can all study the game and we can all be equal. But what really makes you stand out is, again, that story, man. Like who wants wants it bad? Who's put in the time? Who has the chops? Who has the results? That's something I don't think we talk about enough is results. Who has actually done it? And again, not to throw shade at the wind to anyone, but those are the things that make you stand out from someone who's faking it until you make it and someone who's just like, you know what, dude, I'm here doing my thing and I'm hustling, I'm moving forward and I'm uh, yeah. I'm studying, I'm going back to the lab, I'm executing, I'm showing results, but I'm continuing to move forward and not trying to necessarily be something I'm not. So yeah. um, that's that's a key differentiator. And you said before you know, about socializing, that's the key word in social media, man. It's social, you gotta socialize, you gotta talk to people. One right, thing that is often right. lost in all of this is the social aspect? Social media was not invented because when when Mark Zuckerberg came out with Facebook, for example, mm-hmm. it was not invented for brands now to use this as a medium to go ahead and try to get people to buy things from them. Right. Or Snapchat was not invented with the purpose of let's make it easy for brands to advertise. No.
0: Right. It right. was
1: made with the intention of let's get people communicate at scale.
0: Sure. And marketers
1: sure. just found a way to weave their own narrative into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I think that's that's something that's greatly lost in this entire ecosystem. I mean, you know, I'm over here looking on Instagram Live, and someone said here that social media is not an industry, and I disagree. I think absolutely social media has become an industry because if you remove absolutely. the word social, if you remove the word social from it, this is the media industry.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know, you pointed out. <laughs> you mentioned compelling story, which I think is a key key takeaway that I really wanted to reiterate because that is a differentiating factor because everyone has a unique story. You know, something I wanted to go back on for a second is when you when you were talking about starting out in in, in social media and the circumstances that uh, you ran is, you know, that's something I can totally relate to because, you know, I have a nine-month-old son and, you know, I look at the, the state of reality and where things are at and, and trying to build my business um, as well. And with that being said, you know, there there are things that you, they make you wonder, you know, there's a, that, that pushing factor on the back of your mind that makes you wonder, you know, how are you going to pay the mortgage? How are you going to pay the car payment? And, you know, doing social media or offering social media services, you know, for for other clients and, and businesses. And how are you going to figure it out? How are you going to find the residual income? So I think that was important to note. and I should have mentioned it earlier, too, when you were talking about getting started in the social media space. And how you had no other option, but, you know, really to pursue the passion and the rest was going to come into play. And it did come into play, you know, 10 years later, you've established experience, seasonality, influence because of the way you forged relationships and how you've cultivated those relationships also. So I really wanted to round that out a little bit because I think it's important to mention how social media is about being social, about community, about relationships, and about the added value proposition. You know, I'm going to throw in a plug here for Gary's book, Jab 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 Right Hook, which I'm sure you've probably read as well. But it's give 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 and then sell, so, right? Because mm-hmm. to some extent, I, I think we still live in that thank you economy, uh, which is another book of Gary's, also.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um so with that being said, you know, I want to, I want to shift the discussion to my next question is, is, you know, talking about social and seeing, you know, 2017, how do you envision social evolving in 2017? Do you foresee any trends, uh, that are going to emerge that are worth discussing?
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be a consolidation of, uh, of You know, there's gonna be an exodus of social networks and where people spend their time and we're already seeing that happen mm-hmm. There's only so many people in the world and it seems like there's so many social networks that are now cropping up new ones you have social networks like Facebook and snapchat that keep going back and forth and uh, Trying to one-up each other and at the end of the day Users they dictate the market so to speak so they determine where they're gonna spend time and ultimately That's where brands and what companies should be looking at, you know one thing that you said before was um, uh, yeah, I don't know your exact words, but I'm gonna go with sure. down this tangent. So go for it. Um, when you're starting off, you talked about people that are starting off in the game and there's a lot of them. And mm-hmm. I see on a daily basis when folks are discovering who I am on Snapchat or on Instagram, and they'll come to me and say, hey, I'm just starting off. And their first question is always, how do I grow my followers? How do I grow my personal brand? <laughs> right, and right. I think I think there's gonna be a lot of value in what I'm gonna say here. You need to make a very conscious decision right now what direction do you wanna go in? Because you can't go in both directions and have your cake and eat it too. You either go in the direction of, I am gonna make money off of building a brand for a company that provides services, and that company and its services are encompassed by many people, or I'm mm-hmm. gonna build my personal brand and go down this direction of, and I'm gonna make money off of myself. And right. I say this because when I got started in this game, Carlos Gill, who I am today, wasn't Carlos Gill who I am today. I was the founder of a startup in Jacksonville, Florida, they didn't have a personal brand. My end game was to go ahead and try to help people find jobs and it was building the Jobs Direct USA brand. And the Jobs Direct USA brand is what made me income and drove revenue. So this is something I think those, whether you're getting started off or whether you're sitting there and you're thinking, gosh, I'm kind of struggling because my business isn't making a lot of money. Well, let's think about the activities that you're doing. If you're spending the majority of your day on Twitter chats creating Snapchat stories, mm-hmm. doing Periscopes and live streams because you're thinking that that's going to be what gets people to go back and want to do business from you, then you have this whole thing completely figured out incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't work like that. You need to focus, you need to be very much focused on what is gonna make you revenue. And if that means tuning out the noise and going dark and just creating content for your business, then do it. I know a lot of successful agency owners out there, they're not getting FaceTime and they're not getting airtime, and they're sure. running very successful seven-figure-a-year businesses. And guess what? They have other people getting airtime and FaceTime for them within their business. So I think a lot of us in this ecosystem that have followed someone like Gary that we've mentioned here several times on, on the episode, uh-huh. we've been following him for years, so we think, well, maybe this is the key to success, which is build a personal brand that people wanna buy from us, and then we'll drive them to our agency. And I can say, if you are starting off and you are a very small, you know. Startup business, solopreneur, Mm -hmm. really reassess your priorities right now. Do you Mm -hmm. want to be a personal brand or do you want to be a business and tune out the noise because the noise can be a distraction. The second you go on Facebook and you're seeing someone in your feed, next thing you know, you're spending an hour reading through Facebook posts. Next thing you know, you're networking groups and you're not doing any work. You're not getting anything done. Mm -hmm. So this is a real problem, a real problem that our industry face. And it comes back to what are your objectives and what are your priorities? And I cannot determine that for you. You cannot determine yeah. that for anyone yeah. else. As an individual, you can hear people out and you really just have to go and, you know, think of what it is that you want to accomplish and how you're going to get there or whatever it might be, whatever yeah. your dreams and aspirations are, how are you going to get there and make it happen?
0: Absolutely. You know, that's a key takeaway. Again, um, you're spewing a, a vast amount of knowledge here and and I'm hoping that, uh, that Those are going to be key takeaways, too. But you mentioned, you know, strategy, figuring out what your goals and objectives are, because I think with <clears throat> social media being so saturated today, you know, there's not only a misconception, but I think a lot of people are consuming more rather than creating Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they're wrapped in the mindset of like you talked about, you know, guys like Gary and Lewis House and Grant Cardone. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, these guys are influencers, you know, they've built multimillion dollar businesses, you know, Neil Patel, you know, you know, Forbes influencers, guys that have been around the block more than a couple of times. Right. So to Mm -hmm. speak. But the reality of that is this it's what worked for them right and you know all these guys and i, and I want to say- interject
1: on i want to interject on something right there sure. so lewis lewis house is a great example i came up with lewis on linkedin lewis basically a lot of people don't know lewis mm-hmm. used to do webinars teaching people how to optimize their linkedin profile right and that's how lewis was able to build such a large mailing list that he has today mm-hmm. and i often i often look at lewis as when i talk in my small circles to people and people know who lewis is and obviously they know they know who i am i love you know. A lot of people on a global scale know who Lewis houses is. A lot of people don't know who Carlos Gill is. Right. And let's analyze this for a second. Lewis and I got started at the same exact time. Lewis was focusing on the Lewis House brand. Carlos Gill was focusing on the Jobs Direct USA brand. If I would have gone all in on myself back then, today, it would be a completely different story. However, the biggest difference here is because I went all in on my corporate or my company brand, I've been – offer the opportunities that I have today on a corporate marketing level, because I've done social media execution at a brand level with now multiple companies. So again, this is why I say, whatever your priorities are, you have to analyze what is it that you want to do. Am I bitter that I don't have a verification on Twitter, or I haven't written three or four books? No, because the path I decided to take is what's paid biggest dividend to me on the long term because I know I can now knock on the door of almost any Fortune 500 company and at least I'm gonna get my foot in the door and get a shot for an interview. Sure. And as long as you have a shot and you're constantly taking shots and you got a chance to win.
0: Absolutely.
1: So and you I go back to my earlier point of you have to mm-hmm. make this conscious decision right now. Do I wanna be the personal brand that everyone loves and admires but is struggling with making capital or do I wanna put my eggs and my resources and my effort into building the brand of my company?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. And and you you prove my point exactly is that defining those goals and objectives. Right. Is, you know, you took the path that you did because that was your focus. Right. That's that's what you wanted to accomplish. And I think that's important also to outline because, you know, with social media, there are a multitude of misconceptions. And one of the most common ones is the failure to comprise a valiant strategy a strategy that's going to adhere to your, your goals and objectives, whether you're doing it for yourself as a personal brand or you're doing it for a fortune company, right? Because I think the misconception, another misconception in social media is, is that we're going to be out there, right? So we're going to have mass appeal and generate mm-hmm. interest and awareness, and these leads are going to start flowing in. But that's not the reality of it. You know, and I think that you, we we're talking about trends. The question that I asked you about trends, and I'm glad you mentioned consolidation because, you know, I'm looking at social platforms like, okay, we saw what happened with Meerkat, right? It died in one and a half years, somewhere in that vicinity. There's talk about Twitter shifting its strategy or potentially facing a demise in 2017. There was a lot of controversy in 2016 that led to... Um, to the trail that Google might be potentially buying Twitter. Right. So I think what that points, what that trickles back to is the fact that social media is evolving and the fact that you (laughs) pointed out the importance of community and cultivation and relationship building, you know, this is, these are fundamentals that I think a lot of companies, you know, completely forget. And thank you for pointing those out, because I think it's absolutely intricate to understand that there are basics, and fundamentals and everything, including social media. And to be successful in social media, as you pointed out, not to put words in your mouth, is just that you have to have a strategy. You have to understand where you're going and how you want to get from point A to point B. So thank you for answering my question about the trends. I mean, I think consolidation is a really, 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 uh, big one. You know, I know that you're very active in uh, Snapchat, very active on IG. Um, also, mm-hmm. and we've seen a lot of cool things happen, you know, in Q4 of 2016, especially with those social platforms. And, you know, talking about social media, I've been seeing a lot of guys and I don't know if you're, are you using Musical.ly as of today at all?
1: I I am not using Musical.ly. I have to say in full disclosure, my kids who are 10 and 8 years old are all over Musical.ly. Uh-huh. But- Real talk, Ivan, Musically does not fit for my personal brand, nor mm-hmm. do I see any value there from, you know, if I build a, a Musically presence sure. and I'm creating these these music videos, do I think it's something that I want it to be associated with my brand when an executive looks me up or when anyone do, does their due diligence on me?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, my point behind really... Uh behind that is is that how the social space is also continuously evolving you know it it almost seems like every year, year over year over the last five years um, there's a new social media network that's popping up Um, I think I saw a status update somewhere on um, Facebook you might have been in the social media masterminds group actually which um, I'm very fortunate to be a member of that I believe you invited me to it as a matter of fact someone posted something about reflecting on the last decade um, of social media evolution and how the majority of today's top social networks weren't even around in 2006, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, Snapchat obviously being one, musically being another one. So I think it's important, you know, talking about trends and seeing consolidation in 2016, I think we're also going to see evolution, you know, uh, in the social space.
1: The space is continuing to evolve. And that's why I say you have to you have to look at what history has taught us about different mediums and platforms of how people get information. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't believe me, just look at AOL or MySpace uh, and see and see see what evolution did for them as demographics age, as people get older, as they evolve as people, as we all evolve as people, our interests. Very also, 10 years ago when I was 23, I might have wanted to be all over Musical.ly because it w- might have really appealed to my brand or the mm-hmm. people on there might really appeal to who I wanted to use social media connect with. But at 33, I, I just don't – I don't see it. Right. And again, and that's, and that's fine. So one thing that uh, we have to be cognizant of is who is using these platforms? And when you look at it, Facebook now kind of skews to be a little bit older of a demographic, which is funny to say because ten years ago, if you wanted to be on Facebook, you needed to have an email address right. from a college university. Right, right. When Facebook first started. So now, when we're looking at where are people spending their time and attention, again, demographics. Really control everything you have the younger demographics being millennials and generation z they're all over snapchat mm-hmm. facebook's making a very strong play with instagram to try to get that audience to come over to instagram i think that's going to be a battle back and forth when it right. comes to everyone else who's not a part of that demographic you have to really analyze where are they spending their time and it's facebook so if you do have another social network that enters the market. Be very cautious, proceed with caution when it comes to going all in right away, wanting to really jump on the next Snapchat, the next Instagram, because there's only so much time in the day that can go around as these platforms continue to create and duplicate functionality. I think eventually people are going to decide, well, you know what? Snapchat gives me everything I need or Instagram gives me everything I need. Homies are all here. I don't need to jump back and forth.
0: Yeah, you made some very interesting points too, as talking about Facebook. You know, oddly enough, is I think I remember signing up for Facebook in 2004 with a college email and, you know, talking about you mentioned a very interesting point and in that being uh, reflecting what history has taught us. So looking in terms of social media history, right, the MySpace and AOL which. Uh, oh my God, I, I think I still remember the days when I used to use those. Uh, you mentioned that had this been a decade ago, you're 33, I'm about to be 37 years old here in a few days, so seeing the evolution you know, of social media and with Facebook specifically how they realized that if they opened it up, then they would reach mass adoption, which would ultimately be a pro for them. But again, with social media, you know, what you mentioned that's really important as a takeaway here is just that the adaptation, because you talked about target audience and buyer persona that I think you indirectly implied actually. And that could, uh, that's important to outline for companies, especially those companies who are considering social media uh, as a strategy, as a marketing strategy, because I think that's another misconception from what I've seen uh, personally, is that, you know, companies think that, well, we need to be on Facebook. We need to be on Twitter. We need to be on Snapchat. But the reality of things is where does your audience reside? Because as you pointed out is, you know, not everybody's using, and I think this is generational also, you know, you're a millennial, I believe. So millennials use certain social networks. Um, And then I think Gen X, you know, we talked about, or Gen Z uh, for musically also so you know there's there's like this the span of you know mm-hmm. the different generations the different social platforms that they use so then this kind of goes back to the question that i asked you about in your in your opinion what are some some trends that you foresee coming down the pike in 2017 and correct me if i'm wrong but you know social media evolution right uh, history repeats itself correct
1: Absolutely, I think you'll uh, I think you'll start to see some uh, social networks out there succumb and fall to oversaturation in the market. Uh, we've talked about this, you know, over the last almost hour. So there's a lot of noise in the market, mm-hmm. and I think people are starting to tune out that noise. And I see social media becoming more of a, a, a privatized commodity, if you will. Uh, you're seeing what Facebook is doing with Messenger. You're right. seeing what Snapchat's doing with groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Instagram has, you know, in recent times, made it a lot, you know, easier for private messaging. So I think uh, private media or private media marketing, if you will, is something that we'll start to see more and more of. And what I mean by that is privatized communities, social media masterminds group. You mentioned before; it's it's the group that I started uh, almost two years ago now for social media professionals on Facebook. And mm-hmm. I spend most of my time when I'm on Facebook. Within the social media masterminds group engaging. So that, for example, is what private media is. It's privatized communities and it's smaller, more niche communities of people. And I think ultimately you'll start seeing more brands create their own privatized communities. Absolutely. And... And and they'll start and they'll give it a fancy name. It'll be, you know, like an influencer community or an advocate or a customer community. But I think you're gonna start seeing a lot more of that just because there's so much noise that it almost becomes a distraction. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's funny, you had mentioned Twitter before um, I thought the same thing. I thought maybe you know at some point in 2016 Twitter would fall and it would just crumble. But when you see our uh, our, our president here in the United States, mm-hmm. president elect, almost president to be Trump, using Twitter as a as a vehicle to go right. ahead and get the word out for whatever it is that he he's you know tweeting or whatnot. Like all of a sudden that makes Twitter very sexy from oh, yeah. a Absolutely. media reporting standpoint. Absolutely. So I think. I think almost President Trump gives Twitter some new life in in, in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, You won't see Twitter go by the wayside, but I think you'll start to see some of these smaller social networks, um, Yik Yak, and you mentioned Meerkat and others. I think you'll start seeing those kind of fall the wayside. And and a big player that no one really talks about anymore is LinkedIn. Uh, And I think the reason why is because while LinkedIn way back when had some curb appeal as being the go-to resource for professionals, Professionals nowadays, especially in the B2B world, the ones that are on the buying side, Like they're so used to getting hit up by spam and by right. cold outreach that they're starting to tune out LinkedIn and people now aren't networking on LinkedIn in groups. They're instead going to Facebook and they're networking in Facebook groups because let's face it, everyone uh, in the free world just about is on Facebook nowadays. So, I think when you really look at the tide shifting of where people are spending their attention it's going to continue to be Facebook and Instagram, and then it'll be Snapchat, and everything else will be free game
0: yeah yeah no that's in that's a a really, really excellent point um that you made and you you pointed out uh Twitter how even though Twitter is heavily saturated, you know there's a lot of spam, a lot of bots on there, mm-hmm. um, a lot of false accounts but You know, when you were talking about President-elect, I think he is proof that Twitter, as a social media platform, still has a lot of value. And how, you know, I think a lot of people would also debate or even go as far as uh, make a case for the fact that uh, largely why... Uh, he became a president-elect and why he won the election is because he leveraged social media, and particularly Twitter, in the right way. And again, you know, regardless of political views, I think it's it's cold, hard proof that Twitter still has immense amount of value um, that is untapped. And the fact that you can, you know, look, I think I, from a social media standpoint, I could be wrong, but at least in my personal experience, is that I think anyone can build influence as -hmm. long as you put in that legwork. Like you talked about what you've done in the last decade, you know, with uh, all the way back to when you started in social media. Because one of the things that I think a lot of people also misconstrue is this, that, you know, it's not like over the last 10 years, there really was, you know, like a course Mm -hmm. that you could take on social. I mean, there's a lot of courses now especially over the last several years that have you know, surfaced about social media marketing that can help you understand the fundamentals. But the reality of things is that in the earlier days, is, and even today, you know, Twitter is, is hard proof that anyone can build influence in the social space if you do it the right way. And obviously, you're prime example of that, too, that you were able to build that influence
1: by leveraging social in the right way. And the key, the key, Ivan, and you're spot on uh, with your assessment, but the key is it takes time. None of this is going to happen overnight. It takes time. Man, it takes a lot of sleepless nights. It takes sacrificing time away from your friends and family. It takes mm-hmm. time uh, sacrificing time away from TV. If you're into shows, if you're into binge watching, right. people often ask me, if- do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Do you watch this show? No. <laughs> I, besides sports, besides football, which is on one day a week on Sundays, I just don't watch TV. I don't consume myself with TV, which I find as a distraction. Absolutely. Uh, they also ask me, do I consume content from thought leaders? And the answer is no. I consume content from the people that follow me and engage with me. So right. I consume content. If you're, you know, Bree Palmer, for example, I'm going to give her a shout out. She's someone that consistently watches my content. I watch her content back. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's community building. When you invest yourself in the people that are investing their time Absolutely. and if you do more of that and you stop looking at this as large numbers and you start focusing more on building that micro community, I tell you, if you get a hundred people who are really engaged into your content, mm-hmm. hundred just a hundred people because I often say this. I have you know if I do an assessment of all my social networks, over a hundred thousand people that follow me, I'm saying this with air quotes, that mm-hmm. doesn't really mean that they follow me and they're paying attention to what the heck I'm saying. Yeah. If I really had to do an assessment, I'd say it's you know probably like 100 or 200 people that I could literally sit here and start naming who they are because I sure. see their names consistently come up. Well, even 100 people is really powerful because those 100 people are advocates for you or for your brand that they in turn, if they see the value and you're consistently bringing it to them, they will then in turn share your content to their Communities mm-hmm. and their followers and that's ultimately how you grow at scale It's not just jumping in with this mindset of you know, oh man I need to have this certain quota of numbers. And That's why I tell everyone that asks me the magic question How do you grow your Instagram? How do you grow your, grow your Twitter? I always say two things patience and tenacity patience yeah. because it's not gonna happen overnight It's gonna take you time It's gonna take you time of creating a lot of content that people at the beginning really aren't even consuming but you still have to consume stuff to create it and then it's tenacity. It's not letting yourself get defeated if you're not seeing the results that you're looking for. Would we all like to have thousands of views in our content? Absolutely. But the reality is that even the even the legends, even the greats out there had to start somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. I mean, you mentioned, <laughs> you kind of proved the point quality over quantity. And I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions. I think you even talked about that Uh, earlier in the podcast is that, you know, whether it's brands or individuals that are looking to uh, sort of solidify a social presence is that that is the misconception that they always go after quantity. They think that if I have a mass amount of followers that, you know, I'll become an influencer overnight. But as a matter of fact, it's it's backwards is, you know, like you talked about, you've got, you know, over 100,000 people collectively across your social platforms that follow you. You know, and that's mass exposure. But the reality of things is is that it's the quality of those followers that you're really hyper focusing on those individuals that actually pay attention and interact, engage with you or vice versa. With that being said, you know, I think this this was a very, very powerful uh, episode. And I had a, I had a couple of questions that, you know, in closing, I wanted to ask you. First one is, is there any special message that you like to leave uh, for the listeners?
1: Any special message? Um, something that comes to mind quickly is just just be yourself. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of folks out there that uh, you know are consistently looking to imitate those mm-hmm. that they see as as being influential. And I'll I'll be completely honest with you guys, just transparent. You know, you, my thing is real talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, for like the first five years I was in this game, I I often walked around and said I, I want to be the next Gary Vaynerchuk. And yeah. one day I woke up. One day I woke up. I was 30 years old, and I said, "F that. I want to be I want to be yeah. best version of our little skill I can possibly be." And that's been my focus for the last three years is is really honing in on what makes myself unique and what makes me stand out, and most importantly, as much value as I can give to others out there. Because the reality, Ivan, is no one's going to do the work and put in the sway equity but you. Yep. So be yourself, man. Uh, whatever yourself is, just be yourself, and trust me. There'll always be someone out there that can relate to you. There'll always be someone mm-hmm. out there that. Uh, that you know feels inspired and motivated by your story but you gotta also create content you gotta let people know who you Mm -hmm. are you gotta let people in you know i i think vulnerability is something that is often missed in this in this space because we all want to portray this this life on social media of it's amazing either amazingly great or amazingly bad but it's amazing well it's all hyped up it's you know you buy that new car that new house and you're rushing off and you're telling your facebook Mm -hmm. community about it or amazingly bad is you lost a contract you lost your job Things are going really bad, so you're you showing that your life is amazingly bad. Well, it's that balance in between. It's 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 the late right. nights when you're just sitting at your office and you're like, shit. I'm trying to you know close this deal, or I'm trying to figure things out. Like the reality is, we don't all have things fi- figured out. So you right. leverage social network for help and just just be real. Be a real person, man. People don't relate to bots. People don't relate to brand logos. They relate to other people. So that would be right. my my biggest advice for anyone listening to this is is, is be yourself. I know it sounds extremely cliche. But, um, man, if you're going to use social media, use it as a, as a, as a tool, as a weapon, man, just to connect with as many people as Mm -hmm. you can and do so on a human level without having this veil that you're someone that you're not.
0: Yeah. You mentioned, he actually mentioned two things that, you know, I wanted to recap real quick. You know, the first one you mentioned is be the best version of yourself. And the second one is provide content that's valuable to people because I, I could be wrong, but that was my those were my two takeaways as your special message. and you know, honesty, you know, simplicity is key. and these are very, very simple things that are very powerful as a matter of fact, is to be the best version of yourself, you know you have to you know one of the things you mentioned earlier on is uh, spiritually and and finding your inner self. I think that's extremely important, especially if you want to be successful in the social space and then giving people value and you know, it's very hard and it's, and you talked about consolidation as a trend in 2017. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of goes in, in hand with saturation also because there is a lot of saturation and the two things that you pointed out is being the best version of yourself ensuring content can be can be difficult to accomplish and I think for a lot of social folks at least from from my perception is they become frustrated because they don't gain traction and momentum with that as Mm -hmm. quickly as they'd hoped. So, you know, time is a sacrifice that you're putting into this. At least that was one takeaway that I also wanted to mention that we talked about uh, on this podcast is that, yes, you are sacrificing time, but uh, you're also building up some traction and momentum, Mm -hmm. and you're acquiring knowledge also along the way. So uh, that was key. And then the last question I wanted to ask you is, you know, I, I think this was a powerhouse of an episode. You you mentioned a lot of good things that, I think especially social folks, uh, people that are interested in humanizing their their business, their brands, people that are interested in entrepreneurship can really take away from this. But how can people find you online if they want to interact with Carlos Gill?
1: Good question. Well, you can visit my website, which is CarlosGill.biz. You can go there and I have links to all my social accounts Mm -hmm. Um, or if uh, you want to connect with me directly on Twitter, Instagram, it's at Carlos Gill 83 and Snapchat, it's the Carlos Gill. So. Uh, just a very quick, short story. When I joined Snapchat back in 2013, it still kind of had this stigma of a, uh, a, a, a of an app used for inappropriate purposes. Mm-hmm. My reason for joining was completely research at the time. I worked in consumer marketing for Win Dixie, and I didn't want to have the same branded presence on Snapchat as I did on Twitter or on, uh, on Instagram, sure. uh, looking back in hindsight, it was a big mistake because Snapchat does not allow you to change your username. So I wish I would've just kept it consistent. But,
0: yeah.
1: uh, again, the Carlos skill on Snapchat and then Carlos skill 83 everywhere else.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Carlos, thank you so much for spending the last hour with me. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. And, uh, again, I really appreciate the value that you brought forth.
1: Thank you so much, Ivan, for having me on. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I hope that your listeners get some immense value out of this episode. And there you have it, guys. Uh, that
0: was Carlos Gill with a powerhouse one hour of a guest interview. I hope you guys took some takeaways from that. I think Carlos really threw out some uh really really good information and there was also a real life example that he used um in the guest interview that you know i think really strike the chord with me and it really strikes the chord with the podcast in general because after all this podcast is about the human element it is about humanizing your business and i truly hope that the takeaways that you extracted from that guest interview pertain to that specifically Follow Carlos Gill online if you're not doing so already, whether it's on Twitter, uh, he's huge on Snapchat, he has a wealth of information that he also shares on those social media platforms. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts and comments uh, on this guest interview. Feel free to hit me up. I can be reached at Ivan at razorsharpdigital.com. That is my email address. And I'm throwing it out there for those of you that prefer the email route. Uh, You can get in touch with me on social media, on Twitter at Ivan underscore Ivan on Snapchat, Ivan on Instagram, and you can look me up on Facebook as well or LinkedIn um in addition to that as well thank you guys uh, for tuning in i really really appreciate you taking the time to download this episode uh one other item that i wanted to mention is to ensure that you download your free copy of the five strategic essentials of human marketing you can grab that at bit.ly forward slash human business and the link will also be available in the description of this podcast episode without further ado That was it for me. Until next time, keep it human. Peace out.